believer. That ought to be our motto. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. That's why we live. That's really a fitting song for what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings is praising the Lord because that's what praise does. When it comes out of our mouths, when we live a life of praise, you know, we praise with our lives as well as we praise with our mouths. And when we're living that kind of life, what we're doing is we're pointing people to Christ. We're pointing people to God, our Father. How many of you have been more conscientious about what comes out of your mouth in the last several weeks since we've been talking about praise? How many of you have been? Yeah, me too. Um, How many of you feel, though, that um, it's very easy to slip back into the old patterns? (laughs) How many of you were tempted this week When you face that temptation, and I double-dog dared you last week to praise in the face of that temptation, how many of you experienced temptation this week and you had to make a choice, praise or yield? And how many of you were 100% successful this week in that? Yeah, me neither. I don't want you to get discouraged, folks. We're We're sinners. It's not an excuse. But you're not going to be perfect. When you hear the Word of God, my prayer and our prayer at staff meeting has been for all of us as we hear the Word of God in our daily Bible reading, in our Sunday school hour, and in the preaching time that that God would implant His Word in our hearts and our souls and motivate us by His Spirit to live it out, to flesh it out. But even then, I know we're not going to do that perfectly. We're going to fail from time to time. And by the way, it's not about perfection. In fact, If it were about perfection, we'd all be doomed, wouldn't we? It's not about perfection. How many times have you heard it said, though, it's not about perfection, it's about what? Direction. What direction is your life moving? You see, as you're moving closer to God, you're not going to fulfill everything that He wants you to do perfectly. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. And then the Bible says the righteous falls seven times and the Lord picks them back up again. How many of you can testify to that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, seven was the number of perfection. If I'm perfect at anything, it's sinning. It's falling. The righteous may fall seven times, but the Lord restores him. And, and no matter how often you fall, get back up and keep moving in that direction. Don't give up because you're a failure. You're not a failure. You are a conqueror. You know, um, Nike thinks they have something. But God invented Nike long before Nike. In fact, there's a verse of Scripture that uses the word Nike in it. Did you know, do you know what it is? It's a Greek word, Nike is. And I'm going to quote it in this verse that you'll know probably by heart. For we are more than a Nike through Christ who loves us. Conquerors. Romans chapter 8. We are more than a conqueror. The the word Nike means conqueror. You know what? I don't believe in everything Nike supports, but some Christian ought to make up a design that has something. I don't know what it ought to be. Some of you graphic artists could help It says more than a Nike. That's what I am. That's what you are. 
You're not just Nike. <laughs> You're more than a Nike through Christ who strengthens you. So all that we've been talking about, every time you read the Word of God and you see a standard that's held up for us or a principle that we're supposed to be living by, and we, we exercise the, uh, faith and our will to live by that principle, and we, we fail sometimes and we succeed sometimes, don't give up. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are more than a Nike. You are more than a conqueror. Keep, keep moving in the right direction. But we've been talking about praise in the last several weeks. And that's, this is the seventh um, action that the Bible tells us to make with all of our heart. Love, seek, serve, obey, trust, uh, return, and now praise. The Lord with all of our heart. Who is the object of our praise we talked about? Who do we praise? We praise the Lord. That's right. We praise Christ. We praise Jesus. We praise God. And who should be praising? The Bible says all of creation, but especially God's people. We will praise the Lord. We talked about when, we, when should we praise. Well, we naturally, when we're gathered together, we should be praising the Lord. But we also should praise when um, we are facing battles. When we're, and battles come in several forms. They come in the form of trials. How many of you found that you have been in, challenged in your faith lately? How many of you feel that you have faced challenges and difficulties and troubles and hardships in your life? All of us. Trials, and we can praise the Lord in our trials, in our difficulties, in our challenges. Verbalizing that praise. Speaking it out. And, and that's one thing that God is reminding me of throughout the week. As I preach on that, I want to say, I say Lord, I've, I want to live what I preach. And I want to preach what I live. Help me to live this out and flesh it out in my own life. And he is. He's teaching me. He's bringing some challenges. And then also temptations. We talked about praising the Lord in the face of temptation. And I wonder, and I'm, I'm going to ask you another question. As I double-dog dared you the last two weeks... Um, the first one was, I double-dog dared you to praise the Lord in the face of your next challenge and every challenge and difficulty that you face. Last week, I double-dog dared you to praise the Lord in the face of temptation. No matter what that temptation was, no matter how you wanted to give in, I double-dog dared you to just praise the Lord. Lift up your voice and, and praise the Lord. Explode in praise instead of giving in to that temptation. So I want to ask you uh, this morning, how many of you, you, you determined, and we asked the Lord last Sunday morning to help us to do that, and, and you, many of you did. How many of you would say, this week, Brother Lee, I, I think I was more tempted this past week than ever before? Anybody? You just don't want to admit it. But you know, the minute you make a commitment to do something like that, the devil is going to bring more temptation your way. And God may allow tests to come in. You know, God even allows you and me to be tempted. Now, we cannot be tempted by God. The Bible says God does not tempt us with evil, nor can he be tempted, but he can allow temptation. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, we looked at the temptation of Jesus last week. The Bible says, we didn't read this verse, I should have, but it fits more today. It says the Spirit led Jesus in the, into the wilderness to be tempted. But what did Jesus have that you and I have that gave him the power to overcome that temptation? 
He had, he had God. He had the Holy Spirit. And what did he depend upon? He depended upon the Word of God and the power of God. So God has already equipped us with everything we need to face temptation. And what I'm saying in this series of praise is praise is one of those tools. Praise is one of those weapons we have to face anything in life. And we've talked about how praise just invites God's presence. It invites God's power into our situation. So I want to uh, finish answering this question about praise. When are we to praise the Lord? We've already talked several things, but here's three more I'm going to give you rather quickly. In Luke 18, I'm going to read the scripture each time and see if you can uh, see what an opportunity to praise the Lord. Luke chapter 18 and verse 43 and I'm going to pick up a few verses before that. You've heard this account many times. The blind man who was sitting on the road begging. And he heard in verse 36 that he heard a multitude passing by. And he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus was coming. Well, he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before him told him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Aren't you glad that when you, when you call on the Lord that you got his full attention? And he can give you his full attention while he's giving somebody else his full attention? I can't do that. I've tried. I can't watch TV and listen to my wife. It's very challenging. I'll usually choose the wrong thing. But God can pay attention to you 100% and pay attention to me 100% all at the same time. Jesus stood still. He had Jesus' full attention. And Jesus commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? And, G and the man said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you whole. Now listen, and immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. And then chapter 19, verse 37, it says this, then as Jesus was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Now let's not forget loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. So have you picked up on when can we praise the Lord? When we see God doing what? Mighty works. Now what have you seen God do? mighty in your life. Well, I know where your mind goes when you read a, an account like I just read. We think we've got to see, have uh, the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the cancer patient to be healed, the COVID virus to go away before we think we've seen a mighty work of God. You know what this man who was healed of blindness was, was not taking for granted? His sight. You know what you take for granted every day? Your sight. Is it not a mighty work that when you open your eyes in the morning, you see? Is it not a mighty work when you spin out of bed and put your feet on the floor and stand up, you can walk? Is it not a mighty work of God that when you open your mouth, you can speak? Is it not a mighty work of God that when someone speaks that you can hear? Is it not a mighty work of God that when you go to the pantry there's food there? Is it not a mighty work of God that you have a job and an income? 
Are those not mighty works of God that we take for granted all the time and we think we've got to see some mighty miracle before we can praise the Lord? Praise the Lord for His mighty works. So this week, I am not going to double-dog dare you, but I am going to challenge you this week to look for the mighty works of God in your life. How has God done things in your life, the things that you normally and that we would normally take for granted, what are some things God is doing that I can praise Him for? But also, beyond that, what are some things that He has worked out so precisely that it could only be explained by the work of the Lord in your life? Caleb just shared with you one of ours this week. I mean, we were... We were... Um, Hit with a semi this week, if you will. Last Sunday, we didn't know this was coming. We're not surprised that God would use Caleb in this way or call Caleb in this way, but to have it dropped on us all at once was a surprise. To have all the details and all the things work out, like he said a moment ago, in three days when it can take weeks and months for that process to to happen and then even as we go yesterday and we're trying to help him get you see life action requires you to have certain types of clothing and and all of that and and keep up a not that Caleb keeps a neat appearance anyway but to keep up a neat appearance uh, and they require we had to go buy all this clothing and and how God worked all that out yesterday as we were shopping we prayed we asked the Lord Lord direct us and and show us and help help order all this and provide and, and you know you know what I like to do, this is how I shop I pull up to the curb, let them out and I go park in a shady spot roll the windows down, May have to, I used the air conditioner a little bit yesterday and I just relaxed, I told them I got out of the car at home at 7 something, 7.30 last night, I said well, I haven't used these legs in about 7 hours <laughs> so that's my method of shopping but anyway, they're going in the stores and, and God's providing He's doing things, they're finding an amazing sales. They run into a church member who says, hey, I got a $15 coupon for $15 off. Would you like it? Yeah, sure, $15. Find out yesterday was tax-free weekend. Praise God, we didn't know that. So Caleb gets all his wardrobe and God provides supernaturally. The blind saw, <laughs> the crippled walked, the deaf heard. You see, if you'll just look, You'll see how God does things in your life with precise timing that can only be ascribed to his work in your life. And why? Because he loves you. He loves you. And he cares about your needs. So we can praise God when we see his work in our life. And when God works, isn't it always mighty? Does God ever do anything in a wimpy way? So whatever work he does is a mighty work. Amen? We can praise him. You know what else we can praise him? Let me read this and see if you can pick up on it. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 50, David said, Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Psalm chapter 18, verse 49, he says, Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. In Psalm 108, in verse 3, he says, For your mercy is great above the heavens. That's verse 4. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples, and I will sing your praises 
among the nations. So when can we give praise? You know, we can give praise to the Lord when we're among unbelievers or when we're among the skeptical, when we're among the doubters, when we're among the negative and the complaining and the critical. You see, when we gather like this, praise is fun. Praise is easy. Praise is natural. But tomorrow morning when your body hits the workplace or when school starts for you kids, Praise isn't so natural. Praise isn't so normal. And when you're surrounded by griping and complaining and negativity, the temptation is, we're, I said this a few weeks ago, we're so twisted. We really are. We, we're so uh, addicted to people's approval that when everybody else is complaining, what do you want to do? Well, I don't want to be left out. I want to complain too. I got something to complain about. Yeah, my back hurts too. And yes, I'm hot too. And, and yeah, my car broke down too. And don't leave me out. What if instead of joining in the griping and complaining, we found something to praise the Lord for in the midst of that? What if when everybody's complaining about how hot it is in August, that we said, well, you know, praise the Lord that, that he set the seasons. He promised that he set the seasons in order. And he, his word even says that uh, summer and winter will fail before I disown my people. Praise the Lord that every time it's so stinking hot outside in August, that's a reminder to me that he'll never fail me. I'm always his. Praise the Lord. By the way, when's it ever been cold in South Georgia in August? So your complaining doesn't work, does it? Neither does mine. And it's not just about the weather. It could be about anything. We think our complaining, our expressing ourselves, whatever it is, fixes things. Has it fixed anything? Don't fix anything. In fact, it drags your spirit down further and pulls other people down with you. Praise lifts you up. And when you're praising among those who are unbelievers or those who are negative or critical, it will pull them up too. And God's going to give you opportunities this week. And he gives you opportunities every day when in the face of unbelievers, in the face of skeptics, in the face of negative complaining, he will give you opportunities to turn that opportunity into praise. Yes, you may be the only one. You may even be labeled... Well, that's just dumb. Who praises the Lord for the heat in August? I do. Just like we can praise Him for the cold in January, or the fall in October, or the spring in April. It's like we pick and choose what to praise God for. I'm going to gripe in August, but I'm going to praise the Lord come October. I'm going to gripe at work, but I'm going to praise the Lord on the beach and the mountains. When among unbelievers, praise the Lord. And then lastly, when can we praise the Lord? See if you can pick it up. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. So when should we praise the Lord? 
as long as I'm alive. And guess what? When I die, guess what I'm going to be doing? Praise the Lord. As long as I live. How long am I going to live? Forever. So how long should I praise the Lord? Forever. Starting when? <laughs> Today. Today, right now. In the midst of this August heat. In the midst of this COVID challenge. In the midst of all this cultural war we're going through. No matter who becomes the president in November. Praise the Lord. Voice it. Loud voice. Listen. Why should the world and the ungodly be the only ones that can lift their voice? Why can't God's people meet that with praise to the Lord? The world is hollering and screaming wickedness and vileness and rejection of God and telling us what we cannot do. And there's no voice or very few voices lifted in rebuttal. And I don't mean arguing and hollering and screaming and fussing on the internet. I'm talking about lifting up Jesus Christ, praising God before the unbeliever, as long as we live, meeting that with praise. As long as I live, in 1 Chronicles chapter 23, verse 30, we can praise the Lord and all throughout the day. He says to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord and likewise at evening. You could use your morning as you wake up, the alarm clock goes off. Boy, if you're ever tempted to curse, that's when you're tempted. Dad gumming this morning already? <laughs> or praise the Lord, I made it through the night. <laughs> Turn off that bed and put your feet on the floor, praise the Lord in the morning. What about in the evening? Maybe you've had a terrible day. You can lay down your head at night and praise the Lord. Lord, thank you for this day because you've given me an opportunity to learn what you want me to learn. You've taught me some lessons. And I didn't, I didn't do perfectly through this day, Lord, but, but I'm learning. Help me to learn. Psalm 119, 164. He says, seven times a day I praise you. Well, you could, again, seven in the Bible is a, a number of perfection. But basically saying all day long, all throughout the day, as he said in Psalm 34 and 35, Psalm 34 and verse 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Chapter 35 and verse 28. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and your praise all the day long. Hebrews 13, 15. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Have you ever wondered why it's called a sacrifice of praise? Because often you don't want to praise and it feels like a sacrifice that you're having to give up something. You're having to, it hurts. It, you, you feel forced to praise. It's a sacrifice. It's something you give up out of yourselves. Because of the thing, situation you find yourself in, you don't feel like Praising, but you praise, you exercise your will over your emotions. You exercise your faith over your circumstances. And you praise, despite how you feel. You're not going to very often feel like praising unless you're surrounded by other people who are doing it and you have the instruments and other people are leading us and everybody's doing it. There are most of the times of our lives we don't feel like praising the Lord. 
but we, we do it continually. Let the high praises of God fill our mouths continually. Why? Why should we do this all the time? Why should it be a lifestyle and not just an every now and then? Why should it be Monday through Saturday and not just only on Sundays? Well, because of what Brian just saying. We're not here for people to remember us. We're not here to espouse our views and our opinions. It's not why God put you here. It doesn't matter what I believe about uh, the values and the morals of this country. It doesn't matter what I believe about who our president is or will be. It doesn't matter what I believe about the COVID virus or my reaction to it. It doesn't really matter my opinion about, uh, about the cultural war that's going on and, and all these different organizations and everything they're saying. I could, I could have an opinion and, and say everything and anything that I just felt like saying because, you know, after all, something ought to be said. Yes, yeah, something ought to be said. You're right. You got that part right. But it ain't what I ought to say that ought to be said. Only Jesus. Our job on earth as his followers are to use everything at our disposal, our whole lives, our voices, our tongues, whatever he's given us, whatever tools we have to promote Jesus, not you and me. Not your opinion, not my opinion, not my beliefs, not your beliefs. Him and the truth of God. Brian, this is, your song reminded me uh, that I had, have this in my office. I look at it daily but this is what I thought of when you were singing. And I put this, this is, I have several little signs that I make myself and they've been in my office for years and I look at them almost daily to remind me. This is one of them. It's what Brian just sang. And it's why we praise. And I don't know who wrote it, but it goes like this. Not I, but Christ. Be honored, loved, exalted. Not I, but Christ. Be seen, be known, be heard. Not I, but Christ in every look and action. Not I, but Christ in every thought and word. Not I, but Christ my every need supplying. Not I, but Christ my strength and health to be. Christ, only Christ, for body, soul, and spirit. Christ, only Christ, live then your life in me. That's what praise, that's why we're to praise. It's convicting to me that griping comes so quickly. And praise is an afterthought. I wonder why that is in my heart, my life. Do I have any neighbors in that? You know why that is? Because of our base, sinful, prideful nature. And the power of the devil working through our base nature 
to find everything wrong in this world and to voice our negative feelings about it. That's the dark side. And as much as it sounds appealing, there's no power there. The light side is praise. Let your light so shine before men that they, and I'm going to substitute a word here, but I'm going to call attention to it. Jesus said that they see your good works. I'm going to substitute a phrase, but they hear your high praise. Jesus said that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, but that they hear your high praise and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, good works while griping and complaining is not good works. Because that's not light, that's darkness. But good works mixed with high praise shines the light of Jesus on a dark, negative world. And it lifts your spirit and, it, and you will be pulling people up with you to, to praise and lift high the name of Jesus. Your life, my life, my body is all for him. Do you know that, that when you die, that your spirit goes to be with the Lord? But that your body will be buried six feet under? Do you think that that means that God cares less for your body than he does your spirit? Do you think that? Do you know that your body, the Bible says, as well as your soul and your spirit have been bought with a price? That your body has been redeemed unto God as well? Therefore, that body is not going to remain in that grave, but at the coming of Christ, that that body is going to be resurrected and renewed and restored and reunited with your spirit to live forever? So that he redeemed not just your soul and your spirit, but he redeemed your body. And your body is precious to him and belongs to him. So it does matter what you do with your body. It does matter how you use your tongue and how you use your mouth and how you use your eyes and how you use your ears. It does matter in eternal things. That's why Paul wrote in Romans, yield the instrument, yield the members of your body as instruments unto God. So what we need to do this morning is yield our mouths and our minds and our hearts to God and say, God, I want my body to be your vessel. I want to be a vessel of praise. I don't want to be a stinking pot of griping. I want to be used by you to point people to my Savior. And I want to live make your name great, to make your thoughts great, to make your word great. And think about that in every aspect of your life. Father, help us. During our invitation time, as June plays, ask God to help you this morning. You can't do it perfectly. You can't do it in your own power. In fact, as you first, maybe you've noticed as we've been talking about this and you've been trying to practice it, that it almost seems impossible and maybe even a little silly. That's what the devil wants you to think. 
but you keep practicing this principle of praise in your life and it becomes more part of you and becomes not so ritualistic but it becomes a living experience for you your whole demeanor begins to change your outlook on life changes and others will begin to notice and they'll be drawn and attracted to you because you're shining your light for Christ and it will provide for you wonderful opportunities to talk of Jesus ask the Lord to help you All right, so your challenge this week is look for God's work in your life and praise Him. And tell Him, everything you do, Lord, is mighty. So I'm going to look for your mighty works. And now, if I, I didn't issue a double dog dare on the first one, I'm going to issue my third double dog dare. All right, so here's what's going to happen this week. I guarantee it. If, you're any, if you get out at all. Now, the only way, it, it won't, well, if you watch the news, it'll happen too. Uh, but you're going to be surrounded at some point this week by critical, griping, complaining negativity. That's why I tell you, turn off the news. Uh, but you can't, anyway, or it's either going to be the news or it's going to be in your workplace or somebody you run into is going to be griping and complaining. So I double dog dare you that when you hear the gripes and the complaints, that you pull something out of that and turn it into praise and verbalize it to that person. I, that happened to me this week. I was right here on the verge. Man, I wanted to be so, I wanted him to think I was, okay, so I wanted to jump in the criticism, negativity puddle with him. But then, I, and I had my foot up, figuratively, about to step in and God said, eh, eh, eh. you remember what you've been preaching on? I said, oh, yeah. And so I said, well, I don't even remember what I said, but I rem it was a, a comment of praise. And I said, well, you know, we, this is something we can thank the Lord for. And, and you know what he said? He said, you're right. That's exactly right. We do. We do. And it changed him. And it changed me. 
So I'm going to double dog dare you because you're going to face that this week. So in the face of it, when you're so tempted to join in because, yeah, you agree with them and, and blah, 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 just say, you know what? We can, here's what we can praise the Lord for. And um, turn it into a praise. All right? So do that. As, how long are you supposed to do that? As long as you live. Forever. Will you be perfect? Nope. And when you mess up, you need to go back. And say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have jumped in that puddle of criticism. Uh, I should have been praising the Lord. Will you forgive me for pulling you down further when I should have been lifting you up? Father, help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you what? Peace. God bless you. Have a great week.